Gentlemen, James Marshall here for The Natural Lifestyles. In today's video, I'm gonna take you on a deep dive into how to become the most interesting man in the world. Well, if not in the world, at least in the room that you're in. So I'm gonna give you my top tips on how to become a fascinating, powerful, charismatic character. Welcome to The Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is The Natural Lifestyles podcast. How to be an interesting man. Now you may think that this all boils down to the adventures that you've been on and the crazy things that you've done and achieved. Now I'm not saying those things do not make you interesting, but they are not the primary things that make you interesting. I could tell you right now about a dozen cool stories, about the time that I got into a bar fight with drunken miners in Mongolia, about the time that I starred in Australia's first and only feminist porn movie, the time that I ran away to Shaolin Temple to try and study Chinese medicine and found my way learning Kung Fu under the most amazing ancient masters of Shaolin Kung Fu and so on. And when I say these like little anecdotes, if you're interested in that particular type of thing or that story, yeah, you might find it kind of interesting. But really, that's just gonna come down to what are my skills as a storyteller, in terms of being able to spin a good yarn to entertain you and keep you interested for that length of time. This doesn't make me an interesting or fascinating person necessarily. It makes me a person who's done some things and can tell some stories. But what really matters when it comes to being someone that is truly fascinating and interesting. Someone that people talk about, they want to invite them to dinner parties, they want to know their opinions, they sit with bated breath when they're speaking, and so on, comes from something different. So the first kind of primary tip that I want to give you in terms of how to be fascinating and interesting is to become more interested, to become more fascinated, to have a real sense of curiosity about three broad areas, I would say. That is yourself, the world around you, and people. And you can have interest in other stuff as well, animals and the non-physical world, fascination in, in the cosmos and the stars and the microbes in the soil, also amazing and fascinating stuff. But on broad scope, what we're looking at here is, the person that is actually interesting is the person that is learning constantly, that is surprised, shocked, entranced by life in general, and constantly wants to go and seek out more information, more experience, and more interface. Because you don't become interesting by in a bubble. Like with most things in life, you don't become extraordinarily successful just by your own hard work. And in the same way, you don't become fascinating just because of the things that you have personally experienced. This becomes quite a solipsistic thing or a narcissistic or arrogant thing where it's, I'm so awesome, I did all this stuff, look at my Instagram feed with all my cool shit and my bling and my girls and my travels and whatever. It's all about me. I'm projecting out to the world, here's what I've done, here's who I am, and you should be impressed. Sometimes people are impressed. Sometimes the things look impressive, and so people like them and think, I wish that I could do that as well. But the true Renaissance man, the true man of art and science, the man who has a lust for life, this man is infinitely curious about what's going on around him and within him. I've spent my entire life operating from, or trying to, from one primary base, which is what the Zen Buddhists would call the beginner's mind. Right, there's an old Zen saying, in the mind of the beginner, there are infinite possibilities. In the mind of the expert, there are few. Meaning that when you've reached a certain level in your career or in your passions or, or the things that you're good at, and you reach a level of, let's say, competency or mastery, 
The risk can be then of having pride and arrogance in this, of thinking, I have my degree, I have my PhD, or I have my black belt, or you know, I've meditated for a thousand hours, or whatever it is, and so therefore, I'm an expert on this subject, I can lecture people about it, I can pontificate about it, I can feel smug about my achievements, I can prove them to some degree as well, greater or lesser degree. Okay, that's all awesome stuff, but this can be really negated if you perceive that there is nothing else to learn. That because you know something to a certain level in a subject, but you couldn't learn anything from a student, for example, or someone who comes from a discipline outside of the one that you have who has maybe a different perspective. The reason why I know that I'm an interesting person is because I am fascinated. Right? When I meet someone, I don't care who it is, if it's a beggar on the street, if it's a, a woman I don't find attractive, if it's a fan that comes up to me on the street to thank me for my work, if I'm going to engage with somebody, and I don't always, doesn't mean you don't have to engage with everybody all the time, but if I choose to, I want to actually know them to whatever degree we can get to within the amount of time that we have. I want to look them in the eyes. I want to ask them questions. I want to read their body language and their intent and their projection. Because the thing that everyone knows the most about is themselves. And everyone wants to express themselves, to talk about themselves, to communicate what they know. And if you're a truly fascinated, interested and curious man, then you can go out and draw the gold out of people. When I'm talking to new people, particularly, I don't usually speak a lot about myself. Sure, if people ask me questions or if there's a, an anecdote which is appropriate or I think is entertaining, I, I might throw it in for sure. But I'm not someone who feels like every time I get into a social scene, I need to immediately impress upon everyone how interesting or charismatic or whatever it is that I am by going around and being loud, telling stories, giving my opinion on every single thing, even if it's something I don't know about, uh, you know, throwing witty banter or frame games around to show people who's boss. I don't do that stuff mainly because I find it exhausting, boring and difficult. It's like the stress of needing to go into a social scene and quickly make an impression to let people know how awesome I am in whatever way. Uh, I just can't be buggered doing it. And the paradox is that if you're the person that engages with people and asks some good questions, not just how are you today or how's business, right? If you're gonna do that and they say our oh, business is all right, say, so, well, what's going on with it? How are you pivoting and what new strategies are you using? Digging below the surface two or three probing questions, particularly with men, because often men take a bit of warming up to start expressing themselves and talking about the, themselves personally anyway. So I try to make sure that when I'm sitting with someone, talking with someone, that I engage them on those levels. I use the same kinds of seduction techniques that I would use on a woman, qualifying, connecting, a little bit of flirting, usually not. But why am I doing that? It's because when I'm trying to seduce a woman, I also want to understand who she is. I need to know about her and, and show genuine curiosity in her so that she feels, and truthfully so, that she is not just a piece of meat, that I am a man that finds her attractive, sure, but is also wanting to find out what makes her tick. How does her soul and her emotions uh, and her mentalities work so that we can see if we are actually compatible and create some level of intimacy. That's what I'm trying to do with, with everybody if I want to engage with them. I want it to be an intimate experience. Now, I'm not saying that every single person that you talk to and try and investigate will end up being incredibly fascinating to you. You may find them boring or irritating or opinionated or narcissistic or whatever. Good, that's part of the discernment process. I'm not saying that because you want to become curious that you need to love everybody and want to engage with every single person and waste hours and hours of your life listening to someone moan on about something that you don't care about. 
But in order to know who you want to hang out with and what ways you want to engage with someone, by showing initial genuine curiosity, empathy, and a real desire to learn about this person and understand them, they may well surprise you. Of course, all of us are guilty of judgment in all sorts of ways, writing people off based on their shoes or their hair color or their political beliefs or a look they gave you, right? We, we have the habit of doing this as humans. But the less that you can do that, the more that you can try and remain objective, an observer, someone who's curious and has a lust for life, love, people, experiences, this, and primarily this, will make you into a fascinating and interesting man. Tip number two when it comes to being a fascinating man is essentially to not believe anything completely. You may have heard the old saying, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And this may be controversial to say this, but I think this is a bullshit phrase. Because what it's saying is, if you commit to an ideology, a belief system, a religion or something, and throw yourself into it wholeheartedly, that you will then reach a level of truth and justice and righteousness that other people won't. And if you don't do that, you don't decide to commit to a way of thinking, being or doing, then you will fall for anything that anyone comes along and tries to feed you. Right, so you will essentially be some kind of easily manipulated sheep because you didn't commit to a way of being. I think this is bullshit. I think you're much more likely to become completely brainwashed, completely uh, lose your own sense of personal identity, your own opinions, if you dogmatically subscribe to a particular way of being, thinking or doing. What I would say is a better way to look at life is to not fall for anything, but to stand back and watch everything. So it's easy to make the mistake to think that one way that I might become really fascinating or interesting is to become an ideologue, as in a person who takes a particular position on moral issues, on social issues, on political issues, says that they are a whatever, a social justice warrior, a libertarian, a QAnoner, a hardcore Christian or Buddhist or Islamist of a particular school and so on. And then you can embroil yourself into the community, to the lexicon, to the philosophy that's involved, and you can spout it and shout it from the rooftops and presume that you might be fascinating and interesting. You're not. You're extremely predictable. Whenever I meet someone who's, you know, hardcore into, for example, QAnon, after a few minutes of conversation, like, I know what they've got to say. I've already heard these things before. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. It's not, they're not, I'm not coming up with, I mean, okay, sometimes they come up with some slightly new variation about what happened with Pizzagate or whatever, but there's nothing interesting or fascinating about this. You're just following a narrative and an ideology, and I'm not talking about this in any partisan way as well, either. If you're a hardcore Marxist leftist who has decided that you know, Marxism is the only way to go, no matter how much proof we can show to the contrary, where it doesn't seem to work that well when it's being tried, and you live, breathe, and think that, and you're not willing to take on any other ideological point of view, not willing to debate, only seeing the world in black and white, good versus evil, my way and the other's way, and I'm not, and I'm not just talking about this school of thought either, I'm talking about any dogmatic position that you take that gives you a truth, means that you have closed all the other potential doors to other aspects of truth. It's so arrogant to presume that you or your school of thought has the answer, has the answers to everything. And most big ideological positions do try to attempt to create a description of the entire way of being. 
Most religions prescribe everything that you are supposed to do and not do, how you're supposed to think, talk, jerk off, uh, you know, deal with your neighbors and so on and so on. And this takes away the agency of the individual. Now I can understand on broader levels why that exists, because we live in societies, man. We need to cooperate, we need to get along, we need to have certain rules and uh, social mores that we work within so that we don't end up killing each other on the streets. But as we've seen time and time again throughout history, and as we're seeing right now in parts of the world, entire populations can get easily brainwashed within months or a couple of years to believe complete untruths, completely outrageous, uh, incorrect positions. And so they live their life from these positions of essentially lies and, and ignorance. But let's say even if you are involved in a school of thought that has levels of truth or that we can prove certain aspects of it, it still doesn't mean that it's the ultimate truth. We as humans should be continual seekers. The reason why civilization has arisen, why our knowledge bases have grown and changed over time is because we built on the curiosity of our forebears and ancestors. Imagine what humanity would be like if every generation we just nuked all of the knowledge that came before us and then had to start again. Right? We would maintain this, these levels of ignorance. So it is, it is by having a more objective, multi-directional viewpoint in life that you will learn more of the truth and you will become more interesting and fascinating. Because if I've dogmatically decided that the world is this and it was controlled by these people and here's my story and narrative of how things are and that is the absolute truth, I won't hear anything to the contrary, I'm a boring, boring person. The only thing that's kind of interesting about that is to, as an outside observer, watch and say, wow, that person has been eaten alive by a meme, right? by an ideology. They're essentially an organic machine that carries around an ideology and not much else. That's kind of fascinating that that can happen to a human, but I don't think that human being in of themselves is fascinating. I think being a, a centrist in the true sense of the word, being able to hold positions of paradox, things that to be able to hold two different ideas at the same time, which might be in contradiction to each other or might challenge each other. These are the marks of an actual intellectual, of a Renaissance man, of a person who is actually learning and growing in wisdom as opposed to someone who learnt some kind of specialized piece of information, digested and accepted the story that went along with it and the good versus evil narrative and all the things that are associated with it and sat there. And people sit there in that place for often for their entire lives. I can understand why. It's because asking big questions, deep questions that we probably will never get completely satisfying answers to is not, a, is not good. People don't like that. They want certainty. They want answers. They want to know why things happen. They want there to be a sense of justice and purpose and mission and fate in life. So when someone comes and delivers them a story and says, Here, here's, how, here's how the world started. Here's how it'll end. Here's exactly how you're supposed to operate in it in order for a utopia to exist on earth. If you don't, you'll go to hell or whatever variation on that there is. This is good for most people. They don't want to think big. They don't want to live in confusion for the rest of their life. But if you want to be a fascinating man, you actually have to be confused because otherwise you're not learning, right? You have to be frustrated. You have to be enthralled. You have to be infuriated by the ever-changing complexity and, and uh, impossibility of understanding what it is to be alive and be a human in this time and place. But that is fucking fascinating. A little caveat on the last tip, which is that I'm not saying that you will gain nothing out of joining or immersing yourself into a particular subculture 
or belief system or practice because within many what I would say are very rigid dogmas there are also amazing things involved right a lot of these structures have helped to keep communities and nations sense of identity alive in groups of people throughout history whether that was for through a religious or a political structure or whether that was through particular types of lifestyles and practices so absolutely when you're out exploring the world throw yourself into different cultural practices try them on absorb them take what is nourishing and good for you and be aware that there are always ritualized aspects to it there is always dogma attached to any type of society or community and you don't have to take that with the practices right i was a meditator for most of my life i got in deeply involved for some periods of time in buddhist communities i started to speak the lingo you know i had buddha statues i read lots about this i tried to learn chinese so that i could try and read the buddhist texts in, the, in their original which i never managed to do but i you know i threw myself wholeheartedly into this as an aesthetic as a way of life as practices as a philosophical framework and that really worked for me for some period of time because as a young kind of narcissistic and nihilistic man I was lost and I needed some kind of structure and I need, needed more importantly I needed practices to learn about myself coming back to my earlier point of saying that you need curiosity and I mentioned this briefly you need to be very curious about yourself now that doesn't mean just rolling around in your issues or becoming completely self-obsessed and then therefore not aware of anyone else around you but it means that in order for you to become fascinating interesting to become a great connector to build charisma you need to understand yourself at a deep level that means warts and all that means your traumas your pathologies your really bad habits the tiny bit of evil that's lingering somewhere in the back of your subconscious uh, your dreams, your hopes, your erotic world, like all of these things need to be, well, they don't need to be, but if you don't investigate them, then you are pretty one or two dimensional. You don't even know yourself. So why would other people want to know you? Why would the world be fascinated in you if you're not fascinated in yourself? So I highly recommend throughout your travels, throughout the adventures of your life, that you throw yourself into different ways of being and doing. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.